But just before we start, let's ask God's blessing on the word. Father, it's not about what's on my heart, it's about what's on your heart. That's really important. Lord, for each one here, I do pray that you would touch them in a special way. Lord, we thank you that you care, you do care, and you love us so much. And on this special day, we pray a special blessing on your word and on each other. In Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking the Holy Spirit's a bit like our mothers, isn't it? On the job 24-7. No rest, no pay, uh, never let up, unconditional love. 24 hours, night and day. And on special occasions, Christmas, Easter, extra busy. And in a way, just thinking how our mothers just give everything. And God's Holy Spirit is full of compassion like our mothers and just wants to minister to us and care for us 24-7 as well. He's Director of Operations. I was actually sitting at the back and I, and I remembered a story that a friend of mine told me. He's a missionary in Cambodia and he, uh, he went to the markets and discovered that his wallet had been stolen and he went to the local police station and they said, oh, the, the bandits, you, you, no, you'll never get your wallet back. What, what was in the wallet? And he said, well, I had my, I had my, my driver's license and I had, I had a bit of US currency and, oh, and I had a presidential medal. A presidential medal? We'll get it back for you, sir. And uh, within about half an hour, he had his wallet back and some extra money stuffed in it and, and, and there was that presidential medal. You see, in a way, the Holy Spirit is our presidential medal. It's God's seal on our lives. It's his seal of approval. And he protects us and he guides us in a really special way. Um, so Mother's Day, a great time. Um, I was asking some students at school the other day, so what are you getting your mothers for Mother's Day? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> They're more concerned about the rugby match coming up. But um, they did think about it. Said, well, write her a card, say something nice for your mother, appreciate what she's done. In a way, the Holy Spirit wants mothers to feel special every day, doesn't he? And um, I, I love that story when, you know, Mary and Martha and, 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 and Jesus at the house, and I was thinking how, how wonderful it was. You know, Martha, as you're reading the word, it's like, She's busy getting the dinner ready and, and, or the lunch ready. Jesus didn't criticize her being busy getting the meal ready. It's a wonderful thing to do. He criticized her in a way, spoke to her worry and spoke to her anxiety. And mothers are busy, really, really busy people. And we get really anxious um, trying to fit everything into the day. And Mary just sat there at the feet of Jesus. Does that ring a bell? Mother's in the kitchen. Dad's watching the TV. <laughs> Sitting at the feet of the box. No, no. It's, um, but I just love that thought that Martha opened her home, but Mary opened her heart. And I really believe that God put something on my heart for mothers today about opening up your heart to him. Um, it's really interesting. I think it's very powerful. I think the... Um, I love the story that uh, Anne Graham Lotz told, and she told the story about what it was like growing up with her mother, Ruth, Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife. As a teenager growing up, 
My room in our house was directly over mother's. At night, I could see the lights from her room reflected on the trees outside my window. When I slipped downstairs, hoping to talk to her for a few minutes, I would find her shapely form bent towards, sorry, beside her bed in prayer. It was useless to wait for her to rise. She would be there for hours on end. So I would trudge back to my room. And no matter how early I woke in the morning, I would see those lights from her window once again reflected on the trees outside. When I tumbled down the stairs, I would find her seated at her big flat-top desk, earnestly studying one of the 14 different translations of the Bible spread out around her. My mother chose to make abiding in Christ one of the priorities of her life. Mother's abiding was rooted in a love relationship with Jesus that was the secret of her life. As a result of her abiding and the obedience that was integrated into it, the hallmark of mother's life was joy. Her face radiated it. Her eyes sparkled with it, and I'm left to wonder, what outward evidence of my inner relationship with Jesus do my children see? Isn't that beautiful? And so Jesus desires a relationship with us all. He desires a, a heart relationship where we just want to spend time with him. I was thinking, uh, the elders in the church meet quite regularly, actually, a bit too often, I think, but personally, but that's all right. Um, but we've got, we've got important business to work through. But you know what I love about the meeting? And it's the same at home group, is I love that time when the Holy Spirit comes down like that mist and just everything goes very quiet and you just sit there adoring his presence. I love that time. Um, when I wake up in the morning, I love that spending that time with God, you know, just listening. Lord, what are you saying about today? Thank you for being with me. Thank you for being my saviour. Those are precious times when God is speaking to us. So Mother's Day gift ideas. Um, so I was thinking one of the best gifts that we could give mothers fellowship. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. God's desire to fellowship with us and with our mothers. I love this verse in 2 Corinthians 13, 4. It says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We don't often think of that, do we? But the Holy Spirit wants to commune with us, wants to fellowship with us. Fellowship's so important. Without fellowship, we're lonely. And if you're lonely today, I really encourage you to come and seek the Holy Spirit to be your companion forever. Um, Revelation 3.20 is a very well-known verse. Anyone... <laughs> You know, I behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and fellowship, sup, eat, just like Jesus did with Mary and Martha. I'll be in your presence, fellowshipping and enjoying our meal together. Um, I was at a, <clears throat> I actually was using this verse at a youth group meeting at Westlake Boys High School one year and for our Christian group. And we had, a, we had two classrooms and between the two classrooms, there's a door that was always locked and I, I, I kind of knocked on the door and said, well, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, and I thought, it's not going to open. You know, it's always locked. Oh, it opened. You know, it was kind of cool. Um, I'm so pleased. Um, yeah, so mission, our mission is really impossible without God and without the work of the Holy Spirit. Our mission becomes impossible. We can't do everything we have to do. We just can't do it. We can't function as a church without the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit makes our mission possible. Not only making it possible, but actually really exciting. I really love that. Um, yeah, so 
in John, John chapter 1, verse 32, I saw the Spirit come down. John says, I saw the Spirit come down. Remember, John the Baptist is out there in the, in the wilderness baptizing people. I saw the Spirit come down as a dove and remain on him. That's Jesus. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water, that's the Heavenly Father, told me this. The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testify that this is God's chosen one. The bit that really caught my attention, and I, I know Bill Johnson talks about it a little bit as well, if you can imagine, this is, my, this is the dove this morning. Actually, it's got a dog on it, but that's okay. My handkerchief's got a dog on it. But can you imagine a dove comes down and lands on your shoulder? Can you imagine a dove on your shoulder? How do you walk around with a dove on your shoulder? You kind of cock your head to the side. You're kind of conscious of it the whole time, aren't you? You don't want to rush off and bang into a wall or jump into the car and close the door too early. There's because there's a dove. The Holy Spirit is our companion on our shoulder, in our hearts, whispering to us, speaking to us, instructing us and guiding us. What a beautiful thing. The Holy Spirit remains with us as it remained with Christ. And the Holy Spirit speaks what God wants to speak into our hearts and what to do and how to act and how to reply to people and speak to people and how to minister to people and just gives us that guidance. I love that. I love that idea that the Holy Spirit just sitting on the shoulder because the Holy Spirit's in our lives and our hearts. So look how these people have to act with a bird on the shoulder. Imagine if it was a parakeet. I think it's fascinating how, how um, the Holy Spirit came. And I just going back to um, Jesus had just risen from the dead and he'd appeared to Mary. And, 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 I, and because the disciples are pretty fearful. They're pretty scared because crucifixion. You know, are they going to come for them next? And so they gather together and the, the door's locked. And we read here in John 20, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood amongst them. How did he get in? Well, you know, it's, there's lots of theories around that, but he came through the wall. He came through the locked doors with his resurrected body. Does that make you excited about your resurrected body? I think it'd be really cool. I really do. So here's an interesting question. Our houses in heaven, do they have doors? We may not need them. Anyway. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said this, after he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. So Jesus breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. And some, some authors have said, well, you know, it's a bit like, it's almost like what happened in Genesis 2-7, when God breathed life, the Holy Spirit, into the nostrils of Adam. There's a similarity there. It's almost like Jesus is ushering in this, 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 this new, new Testament era. And uh, there is a similarity there. In fact, this, this, the, the uh, Greek word emphaseo, emphaseo sounds a bit like emphasis. I think Jesus was emphasizing the Holy Spirit. 
But that word only occurs in this place in the New Testament. And its root word is back into Genesis 2-7. Some Jewish scholars say that the word really is talking about God breathing on us the Shekinah glory, which is fantastic. So here's a question for you. If Jesus breathed on the disciples in John 20, why did they have to have the baptism or power of the Holy Spirit in Acts 1.8? If he breathed on them in John 20, why, why bother about Acts, you know? Interesting question. And it's, it intrigues me how God moves. I, I, just, I just love the way God moves. What happened in Genesis 2.7 is this. God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, and soon after that, God provided him with a helper, Eve. And in, in, the, in the New Testament, Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit into the disciples, I think for two reasons. One main reason was to gift them what he had been gifted. So they had, a, if you like, that, that infilling from God. They knew God's presence with them. But also, it was a it was a precursor to God providing the helper, the Holy Spirit. Adam was provided with Eve. We've been provided with the Holy Spirit. It fascinates me, just fascinates me. I just can't get over how God's word, just, just the beautiful pictures that it has. He breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. Well, then we move to the book of Acts. And... Um, I'm going to talk, I'm not here today to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And in Acts, you'll notice in Acts 1.14, they all joined together constantly in prayer. So they're all gathered. And then they were filled by the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And of course, those who heard it go, hang on, that's our dialect. Wait a minute, they're speaking, what's going on here? And I love that thought of being consumed by the Holy Spirit. They were consumed by the Holy Spirit. And then transformed for his purpose to spread the gospel, to share the good news. Acts 2.37, when the people heard this, they were all cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? I love the way that this morning that Angela shared about telling us stories, telling stories about what God is doing in missions and telling the stories about what God is doing in our hearts and in our church and in our lives. And it's telling stories that makes the difference. And the disciples had no inclination to want to go out and tell any stories straight after the crucifixion and resurrection. But when God breathed on them, they were keen to share his word. Um, just very quickly, uh, Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We know the verse very well. But in Zechariah 4.6 it says it's not by might nor by power. So hang on a minute. So the Old Testament says it can't be by power, but the New Testament says it is by power, different power. So Zechariah, who's rebuilding the temple, uh, the word power there is, 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 is the masculine noun, which is, you know, force. Come on, guys, let's, can you give us a hand to lift this bench? You know, let's move these chairs, the congregation's expanding, or let's get together and, and help do some, reno, you know, some reno work on the church. That's that sort of our, our strength. But in Acts, the power is the dynamos, the, the dynamic dynamite of the Holy Spirit. It's not our human power. It's God's power. It's not us. In fact, the weaker we are, the more his power is revealed. That's what amazes me. When, I'm, when I was in school leadership, one of the things that really fascinated me was how God would take an ordinary student and make them into someone extraordinary through the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. 
And I don't know what it is, but I always love supporting the underdog. Of course, in Australia, it was usually the Australian teams, but that's another story. <laughs> the, first, the first inclination I ever had that, that there was something beyond my physical realm and there was an, an inner voice that could actually guide me was when I was in Standard 4 last year in primary school. Campbellsbury Primary. Mrs. Lane was my teacher. And she told a story, and I, it's, it's always been with me, and she said... I, she said, I was teaching in London during World War II and I, I, every time I got out of the train, I went through, there were two, two big um, archways at the, at the railway station. It might have been King's Cross, I'm not 100% sure. So this picture may not be accurate, but it gives you the idea. And she said, every day when I went to school, I always went out that left arch, every single, every single day. She said, I got off the train this particular morning and I thought to myself, no, I should go out the other arch today. And as she went out the other arch, the Germans dropped a bomb that landed in that first one. Never forgot it. As a young boy, I'm thinking, wow, so maybe, maybe there is something else, you know? It was intriguing. And as I look back, I remember going to a camp when I was younger and making a decision for Christ. And maybe God was stirring up something in my spirit through that. Lil Defin is... Um, She's the great-great-granddaughter of um, Charles Wiggles, Wigglesworth, and she, uh, she tells some wonderful stories. Oh, sorry, great-granddaughter, not great-great-granddaughter. And um, she said, we receive his power that we can tell others. Go and tell your story. God will do the rest. She tells some wonderful stories. I love the one where she talks about the... the um, this is fairly recent where they had a team that went into a hospital and prayed for the patients in this ward. And as they went round, they said, oh, excuse me, sir, do you mind if we pray for you? Is it okay if we pray for you? And, and they said, that's fine, please pray for us. And this one guy said, oh, no, belong, come on, move along, you religious types. And they, and they moved along and didn't pray for this guy. And they came back a couple of days later, and this is what they saw. Isn't that amazing? Holy Spirit at work, God at work. I just love it. I just think it's wonderful. Uh, he did ask for prayer, by the way. <laughs> he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, that's us, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And Peter replied in Acts, when he said, repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you have never asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit, you need to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're all good Baptists, so that would probably be okay. When our daughter was five, um, our eldest daughter, she was very shy. She was the sort of girl that would cling to your trouser leg. Actually, she'd, she'd cling to any trouser leg. Um, and and uh, would, never, would never, always very shy. I remember once we picked up a hitchhiker and, um, and uh, she was in the back seat and this hitchhiker hopped in and, and she climbed, you know, she's climbing over <laughs> into the front of the car. Such a shy girl. And one day we said, you know, you need the Holy Spirit. And, and she just stopped and paused for a minute. And she said, Holy Spirit, you want to come in? Just that, those are her exact words. Holy Spirit, you want to come in? 
And that's all she said. There was nothing spectacular. There was nothing dramatic. Um, that's just what she said. And from that day on, she changed. She had confidence. She was asked to speak at a, um, at a conference to about a thousand people. She said, yeah, I can do that. What? <laughs> so it's incredible what God can do. He just wants you to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, you look at the fruits and you look at the gifts, and there's a heap of them, but the key one's love. The reason God wants to give us the Holy Spirit is so we can love more. When I first found Christ, I just wanted to tell everyone about it. My mum said, my mum said, yeah, well, um, we're, all, we're, all, um, we're all Christians, you know. Here's the map, see, that red part, that's Christian, Christian part. New Zealand's a Christian country, see out there. My sister, who'd been saved at the Billy Graham crusade, said, you'll get over it. And I was just thinking, well, I still haven't got over it. But, but the key thing is love. Um, David Duplessis says this, I gave my personal testimony of how the Lord had blessed me and that I had seen a manifestation of all the gifts of, of the Spirit at one time or another in my ministry. Then Dr. Paul P. Van Dusen asked, how can I get these gifts? I replied, gentlemen, it is not a question of seeking the gifts but rather a matter of receiving the giver of the gifts. Once you have the Spirit, and the Spirit has full control of you, the gifts will follow. To be manifest, manifested by the Spirit through you. Now you go back and look at the, look at the gifts of the Spirit. And I don't know, because many, many of us in the church operate in the gifts. And, and I look through the list of gifts and I think, yeah, I remember interpretation of tongues. To me, that's, I, I can't interpret tongues. If somebody gave a tongue in church, I couldn't interpret that. And I was sitting in a meeting in a high Anglican, high Anglican church in Auckland. And it was an evening meeting, and I remember somebody spoke in tongues. And as they spoke, I heard every single word in English. You know what? I didn't give the interpretation. I was too shy. And I still now kick myself for not doing that. Because I had the opportunity to bless the church. So if God gives you a gift, a prayer, a word, a prophecy, um, an encouragement, a gift of healing, share it. Get it out. Don't be shy to give it out. Don't be shy to... And if you really want a bit of encouragement, bring it to one of the elders or someone in leadership and say, look, I've got this, you know, what are you thinking? And the, look, go for it, go for it. And Jan had a word, and she, um, she's going to bring it to us shortly. She had a word almost a year ago now, and she's going to bring that and share it with us at the end. So, David Duplessis, I don't know if you know much about David Duplessis. Um, he wrote this book called The Spirit Bade Me Go. If you've got a copy, anyone got a copy of that lying around? Just maybe one or two. If you have, it's quite a valuable book now. Um, the Spirit Bade Me Go. But what happened was, in 1936, this guy, Smith Wigglesworth, who was a really rough preacher... I don't, want, I don't go into all the details. I knew somebody who actually ministered with him, but he was a really pretty rough uh, with people because he'd see, he'd see the demonic in their lives and he'd deal with that and he got a bit, you know, thump people in the stomach and that sort of stuff. And Anyway, Smith Wigglesworth was a pretty dramatic sort of a guy and he was staying with David Duplessis and he came and went to a study one morning and he, he, he gave this word to him. He said, God's going to use you to bring the fullness of the Holy Spirit experience to the mainline churches, um, to the main denominations. And David Duplessis was in shock, and God did eventually use him. And he used him to 
basically release, if you like, the charismatic movement right through the Catholic Church and the Anglican Church um, all around the world. And I, I, remember, I remember David Duplessis sharing, he, he spoke at a meeting in Auckland many years ago, and just a very humble man, very ordinary man, and he, he just he had a, a soft sweetness about him that was just beautiful. But boy, what God did through this guy, incredible. But you will receive the dynamite, dynamic, exciting, life-changing power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses everywhere. Born of the Spirit, then anointed to empowered for ministry to share with others. What about tongues? I want to talk about tongues just a little bit. Because some people get hung up on tongues. And this is how I view tongues. Here's my shoe. There's the tongue. Not really that important, but if the shoes are in good shape, I can go somewhere. I have my feet shod with the gospel of peace. The fact that it's got a tongue, well, it's kind of immature. It keeps the laces together and it stops my, my feet getting wet, but I use tongues to edify myself. Or if I have a tongue for the church, someone's going to interpret it and that'll edify the church. But don't get hung up on tongues. All right? It's really important not to get hung up on tongues. There you are. Look at those shoes. So, yeah, I have tongues in my shoes, I have tongues in my life, but it's just natural, it's not a big deal. It's interesting, I, 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 love, the, I love the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit said to Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Acts 8, 28, 29. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. Well, you read, the, you read the Greek and you go, suddenly took Philip away? I mean, King James Version says the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. My revised version says the spirit plucked him away. Plucked him away. And then the next goes on and it says, the eunuch didn't see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus. What? Jaffa. Appeared at Azotus. He just appeared. About 40, I think it's about 40 miles, 40K, something like that. Well, David Duplessis said that he was at the church and he had this phone call and it was a, a woman in the congregation whose husband was, was threatening to kill her and beat her up. And he said, I'll be over as quick as I can. And the lady's house was about, he was about 15 minutes away. And as he, as he stepped out of the church property, he was suddenly inside her property, just inside her gate. And she said, how did you get here so quickly? He said, I don't know. Just <laughs> Maybe it was one of those, you know, Philip experiences. Just, I don't know. God's in control of time, distance. I think it's amazing. We were... We were in Sri Lanka, and um, I, had, I, really, I really wanted to meet up with a pastor whose church we'd helped kind of found and get going and supported. A really young pastor, his name was Pastor Blessing. And, uh, but in Sri Lanka at that time, the, it was presidential ele elections, and you could not travel. You just could not travel out of the main centre. So we went along to church in the morning, and right in the front row, about where Peter was, is here now, was this guy, Pastor Blessing. I said, what? Rushed up, hugged him, you know. What are you doing? He said, 
God told me to come down here for the service today. How does God do that? I don't know. But he's the Holy Spirit. He's at work. And God puts on your heart to have a word for somebody or share with somebody or give a little gift. We once, we once had, a, um, we once had a, um, a little bit of spare money and I said to Jan, my wife, I said, you know, I think we should give this to someone in leadership in the church to give to someone in need. We don't want to have any recognition for it. We just want to bless people. And we gave this to our pastor friend. And um, he said, you know, it's a strange thing. I, he said, I, I was visiting somebody in hospital and they had, something had happened and they lost um, their clothes and they lost a whole lot of stuff. And he said, do you have any needs? And the guy said, well, actually, I'm really, I've, I've got to, you know, replace this and this. The money we gave was the exact amount, exact amount that this person needed to get back on their feet. And I thought, praise God. We're just being obedient, just doing, following what God wants us to do. Um, you may have heard the story about Dima Shakirian who wrote this book called The Happiest People on Earth and founded the Full Gospel Businessmen's Association. Demos, um, it's a remarkable story, I won't go into detail, but the reason I'm sharing it with you is that if you're not aware of the move of the Holy Spirit in your life, this is a book you need to read. And it's actually free on the internet. So if you do a search on the happiest people on earth, but the story is quite a remarkable story. And you'll notice, um, I'll put Baku in there too, I know Pastor Martin's not here this morning, but I'll put Baku in there, show you where it is. But um, Demos Shakirian, his, his uh, grandfather lived in, in Armenia and... In their little village, they had a real move of the Holy Spirit. And there was someone in their village who was uh, 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 basically a very, a very deaf and a mute, sort of a mute person. But he wrote down uh, a vision that God had given him and said, uh, put it in an envelope, sealed it up and said, uh, this is, you know, somebody wrote on it, uh, to be opened later. And no one dared open it. And then a few years later, this person gave it and said, you know, to someone to open. And they opened it up and it said, that they needed to flee out of their village and go to this place. And there's a little drawing of the place. I don't know how this guy did the drawing. It must have been under the Holy Spirit's um, anointing because no one can recognize what this place was until somebody visited and said, oh, that's America. And so they packed up their belongings. They really believed it was God. They packed up their belongings, went to America. <clears throat> Two years later, 1916, I think it was, the Turks came through and killed everyone in that village. So... I, I, like, I like to try and hear from the Holy Spirit. I like to try and hear what God is doing because it protects us. And I just love that story. Demos talks about it and, and how the Full Gospel Businessmen's Association got, got moving. And it's a remarkable story. How many have read that? Just a, okay, wow, I, I thought there would have been more. Um, but anyway, <coughs> oh, the, the reason for that, that uh, red dot on the map is simply where, that's, that's the uh, mountains of Ararat where the ark landed. So, Fantastic story, and Demos went on to have the biggest dairy, um, dairy herd in, in, in um, the USA, had 3,000 cows. Um, incredible story of how God moved. Um, I just want to finish with just this little story about Jackie Pullinger, and I don't know where you are at with God, but Jackie felt God calling her to go um, to be a missionary, to go overseas for God. And it was such a strong calling. She'd had a prophecy over her, a tongue and interpretation. She'd had a vision. And uh, so she went to see her local vicar and she said, I believe God is telling me to go uh, to the mission field. And he, you know, her local vicar said, well, I think you should go. <laughs> That's good advice, isn't it? I think you should go. And um, 
I, I just love that. And so she said, well, I hopped on a boat. My parents weren't Christians, they weren't saved, but they said, well, we've got enough, we've got enough faith to believe that your God is looking after you. She hopped on a boat in France and um, she didn't know where to get off. So she got off in um, uh, India, hopped, hopped ashore in India, I think it was, and she said, felt, no, this is not the place. Got off in Singapore, this will be the place. No, this is not the place. Didn't have that witness in her spirit. And then um, the boat went on and she was down to $10. She had $10 left in her pocket when she hopped off the boat in Hong Kong. And God said, this is the place. This is the place. And then she started her ministry. And she said, you know, not a lot happened until some people prayed for her that she received the gift of the Spirit. And she said, you know, for after that, things began to happen. Drug addict who uh, came off, who, on, off opium, just, just came off opium straight away. Incredible miracles that she saw. And she's a wonderful lady. Um, Jackie Pullinger, look her up um, on YouTube. YouTube does everything now. You don't need a preacher at the front. Just go to YouTube. Um, but she shares, a, she shares God's incredible, incredible, incredible move on her life. Um, we had the we had the honour one. It was it was New Year's Eve, and we were in Hong Kong helping um, a group with some missions work. And I remember it was freezing cold. It was snowing. There was um, it, it was really really quite dramatic conditions. And we went along to Jackie Pullinger's meeting, and she, she's a gracious lady. And you know what she said? She said, it's freezing cold tonight. I think I'll just preach a short message. Wow. You know, a short message, this will be good, you know, short message, everyone loves a short message. Um, and she shared something which I had never really thought about before and I wanted to share it with you before we finish. She shared from the parable of the hidden treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then joy went and sold all he had and bought that field, Matthew 13, 44. I thought to myself, that's a stupid thing to do. Why would you do that? If I went up to Peter's farm and I knew that he had a pot of gold hidden by his shed, <laughs> hasn't Marilyn told you about that? I'd sneak up in the night with my shovel and I'd dig it out and I'd sneak away in the night, wouldn't I? But that'd make me a thief. So this parable... We often say this parable is about finding God, you know, seeking you will find. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. This parable is about us, the hidden treasure, and God seeking us and finding us and then giving his life, paying the price so that he could legitimately buy you back. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Before we came to God, we were hidden in a field. We were in darkness. And then Christ came. He died on a cross. He paid the price. And bought us back. He sold all he had and bought the field to redeem us back to himself. And now he's given us the Holy Spirit to be our continual guide and companion. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We're created to know the Father and the Son by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit longs to gently lead you to the heart of God today.
He longs to share with you the thoughts of God, to guide you into all truth and to know his will, his will for your life decisions, your health, your finances, your ministry, your children. He longs for you to know the depths of his love and grace. He longs to give you a future and a hope. We're going to finish, and I want you to allow God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. I want you to invite, if you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life today, I want you to do that. We're going to give you that opportunity. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, if you've never discovered the one who gave all, the one who seeks you out, his hidden treasure, he wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to come in and live with you. If you've never discovered that, you need to make that decision. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That Spirit on our shoulder, let's keep in step with that Spirit. Let's listen to God's voice. Let's obey Him. Amen.